Lee Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Yes, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie is with me. Brad Barnes is here at the ESPN studio. And happy Sunday morning. Um, we formatted the show like a round of golf. The first segment is the on the range segment. It's brought to you by the Gateway PGA. Uh, I'm just delighted to have this relationship with them. The PGA uh, head pro has always meant so much to me since I started playing golf 100 years ago. And um, we've got 300 men and women in our section that are helping to make our golf experiences better. It's just great to have them on the show. Um, Pearl, our social media outlets. We check the box. Everything Facebook's pretty good. Facebook's doing great. Twitter's doing fantastic and need a little work on the others. <laughs> what are the others? We need a little work on those. <laughs> those, those. Those are the ones we need work on. Yeah, that's what they are. That's perfect. Um, and it could be Instagram. Who knows? But I also want to thank Bob and Kathy oh, yeah, Donahue. That's it. Throw that in there. <laughs> Donahue painting and refinishing. 314-805-2132. If you need help in sprucing up the inside or the outside of your home, anything, these are the people you need to call. They're, first of all, great people. They do great work. Um, all right, Pearl. One of my f- favorite interviews, I got to sit down with Ricky Ankiel. What I love about Rick Ankiel, first of all, he's got an incredible story. He rose, sh- shot up into the ranks of MLB like a, like a rock star and just crashed with unable to, to throw a baseball anything like himself, you know. And he's so frank and honest about how it all went down, and I just I just love that about him. And well, so he said that was the secret sauce to getting through it. It's, I, 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 yeah, it's really incredible. So, um, okay, we got to talk a, a little bit about, and, and, and I'm sorry, that Ankiel uh, interview is coming up later in the show, but um, we got to talk about Nellie Corda. We have to talk about Nellie Corda. A couple weeks ago, she claimed the number one uh, spot in the world, she won her second week in a row, the, the uh, KMPG um, Women's PGA Championship at Atlanta Athletic Club. Our good buddy Scotty uh, Dunlop's uh, home course down there. It's a great track. Um, and she had won the Meyer Classic in Michigan the week before. John, there's something about the way she plays that reminds me of Tiger. Really? There's something about well, the it? way she what plays. She's, She's... When I saw Tiger swing the club the first time, it was okay. He was young. He was very his his arms were very thin. He was extremely flexible, and he looked out of control. When he started working with Butch, and you know he comes out on tour in '96 and then wins the Masters in '97, start changing his golf swing. Played the best golf maybe ever been played on the planet in the year 2000. When he swung a club in 2000, Pearl, it looked it looked powerfully elegant. And when I watch Nelly Corda, I can just think of I she's graceful, she's powerful, she's beautiful, mm-hmm. which is not it's neither here nor there, but this package, it is like she, this she was meant to do this. I'm with you. I I love her swing. I like when you talk about Tiger, I like the way she walks with confidence. I like the way she's focused. It, it's 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 a phenomenal uh, a whole game she's bringing. Where's the where's where are the weaknesses? I watch her putt pearl. Typically speaking, if you find uh, you you don't always find great putters around the LPGA Tour. Now the the the, the Hall of Famers great clearly putters, yeah. right. I mean, just watching her. Her routine, how committed she is. I mean, she looked so focused. I, I her was swing just, is so simple. There's just so you sit there and go, "Why wouldn't this last for a while? And why wouldn't it hold up?" And guess what? It is holding up. And if she wants it to, it probably will last for a while. Right, right, right. Um, we never talked about this. It's really not horribly interesting, but I want to bring up. Well, we should bring it up on, on your show, though. It's right. Not horribly, horribly our, interesting. Our, our show is not horribly interesting <laughs> ever. 
What do you think of back nine of the U.S. Open at Tory? You know, we're at a tape show, so we haven't had a bunch of time to talk about it. But it was like this amazing run of golf for like, I don't know, two hours or so, and everybody's kind of building up. And then, Pearl, it's almost like the air just fell out of the balloon. No disrespect to John Rahm. Great putting exhibition that he put on on 17 and 18, those downhill left to right. Well, but, but Jay, I mean, a big part of that was when Louie hits it left on 17. Right. I mean, that's when, to me, that's when the air came out. And I'm sure it came out of his sails, too. Because how does that happen? Well, I mean... I mean, a guy that quality. I mean, this guy is this guy is unbelievable, world, world class. Obviously, we can all miss shots, right? But he had to be sitting there going, "Like, you have got to be kidding me! You don't want to go right, but for the record, you can go 250 yards right and uh, and, and still and, be and okay have, and, and, and have still, a chance and still make something. a part. Yep. Yeah, there's no question. It was just it was just a weird event, yeah. bro. And I and I don't know why, but I feel like Tory leads itself. I think to it can that do a little that. bit, don't you I think? think I, I think it can. For me, one reason I think it can is because of the type of grass, because of the type of you get out of position a little bit, then you're trying to hit some some shots that you can normally recover from. But because of the kind of wiry grass, you, you can't. You Isn't can't get Tory there. supposed to be links? Yeah, but it it doesn't. No, it doesn't, it doesn't play, play that way. No, you don't. And then play. the greens can get just enough. What would a U.S. Open pro look like there if they shaved the whole place? Yeah, it made well, it hard. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Um, I want to run a, a quick tip of the cap segment. It's brought to you by Dean Team of Kirkwood three one four nine six six zero three zero three. Today we tip our cap to all the crews that spend countless hours on the golf course, keeping it beautiful, keeping it in good shape, mowing the greens, making you know putting flowers out there, just making it a great place for us to go spend our time. We want to thank all of you folks out there. And we are tipping our cap to you. Uh, thanks again to the Dean team. Colin and Brandy, 314-966-0303. You need any sort of vehicle? Pearly's driving one right this minute. Got it. You got the boat towing behind it out in the parking lot as we speak. And, okay, so give them your line about this great car. It's the first truck I've had that pulls my boat instead of getting pushed by my boat. So it's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Colin. We'll be right back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hello, friends. This is Jim Nance, and you are listening to Golf with my friend Jay Delsing. Did you know that the Gateway section of the PGA is comprised of over 335 members and over 200 facilities? I didn't either. Every time you drive up to your local country club, public facility, or driving range, there's an excellent chance that it is run and operated by one of the many members of our section. Since the time I was first introduced to the game, a PGA of America professional was there giving lessons, running the golf shop, and growing the game. The many men and women of the Gateway PGA section spend countless hours behind the scenes doing hundreds of little things to make our golf experience enjoyable. PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Junior League, Rankin-Jordan Golf Program, those are just a couple of the many programs run and supported by our section. To learn more or to find out how you can get involved, go to gatewaypga.org, the Gateway PGA, growing the game we love. Are you looking for a great career? Do you like meeting nice people, working with your hands, and fixing things inside the home? Marcon Appliance Parts Company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service. Major appliance service technicians are in very high demand. Major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money. They work local, in their own communities, and are home every night. It is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In Kansas City, contact Nick Turner at Consumer Service Company. The phone number is 913-541-0438. Marcona Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I am delighted to welcome Marie Davila to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. I'm sure you know where it is, but in case you don't, Marie Davila is a landmark out in West St. Louis County. It's located on the corner of Clayton and Weidman Roads. It's also on 21 beautiful rolling acres right on the way out to Queenie Park. It's a country club-like atmosphere. It's iconic, and it's absolutely gorgeous. When my dad died and my mom decided she didn't want to live alone, Marie de Villa was the first place we called. When we pulled up, we were greeted at the front door by the owner, and he took us around on a tour of the facility. We learned that there are one, two, and three-bedroom villas that you can live in, 
And there's also 24-hour care in the East, West, and the Waterford buildings. So Marie de Villa had everything that my mom wanted. One of the things that stood out in my mind as well was the way the family-owned business treats their guests. That's right. They refer to them as guests, but they treat them like family. So if you're in the process of trying to make a tough decision for this next part of life, you got to visit Marie de Villa. This is local. This is family. And this is St. Louis. This is Marie de Villa. Come be our guest. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything. So we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101 to see how they can help you stay in the game. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process when I was ready. One of their specially trained KVS certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiency of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help my swing become more efficient and repeatable. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at ssmphysicaltherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. i got Pearly with me. Brad Barnes is taking good care of us here at the ESPN Studios. We're headed to the Front Nine. Brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. This September 6th through 12th, it's getting close, Pearl. Can't wait. Norwood's in great shape. We've The, the community's just come around. Ascension is just the rock star people. They're going to be a great host to this event. But are you ready? Talk about where you're at. I'd say I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a little better than I did last time we had this discussion. But I'm <laughs> I'm practicing every day. I have some really good days. I still have some stinkers in there, but you know I always did. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We'll put those behind us. Yeah. Go get them. We'll blame them on the caddy. That's what the caddies are for. All right. Got this great interview with uh, Rick Ankiel. I hope you enjoy it. Line drive, left center field. This one will be extra bases for Quintanilla. Here comes that throw from Ankeel. He got him. Another one. Rick Ankeel with his second outfield assist of the night. Both on the fly. Both over 200 feet. Unreal. Rick Ankeel is brought to you by Golden Team. And I'm such a huge baseball fan and such a huge fan of yours. Your your career has been amazing. What's happened to you probably in your mind hasn't necessarily been amazing. But let's talk just a little bit about growing up and and um, and uh, your your life in baseball because you had an amazing stat with some of your high school records, didn't you? Yeah, you know what? Um, you know, growing up just normal. Beach life, I guess you could say, is the way I see it. I grew up in South Florida in a little beachy town, so spent a lot of time around the water and just, you know, it's kind of a goofy kid, and I just gravitated towards baseball. It was something I was instantly good at, and, um, you know, I was pretty small. I didn't grow until I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, I'm kind of glad for it because I think it made me learn how to be creative because everybody was bigger than me. So once I did grow and gain the strength that everybody else had, I felt like, I already knew how to play the game of cat and mouse, especially when it came to pitching. I grew up a huge Braves fan, so um, watching the Braves in the 90s when you talk about Glavin and Maddox and Smoltz and the way those guys pitch, well, from watching them you know, every single night on TV, I, I already knew how to pitch, and I was already kind of creative. So now all of a sudden I grew, gained a ton of velocity, and you know, my sophomore, junior year in high school, I'm throwing, nine, I'm throwing in the low 90s already. So, um, you know, it was just – it became, you know, instead of thinking, man, maybe I got a chance to go to college here. Um, it became, I definitely have a chance to, to, you know, gain a scholarship and possibly get drafted professionally. So everything happened pretty fast just because of, you know, um, how I grew. It was over, a, over one summer where I went from throwing 84 to 94. 
Uh, and then it was like, okay, this is real. And, you know, how do I lock this in and, and how can I make myself better from there? You know, Rick, that's, it's kind of crazy when you start thinking about from uh, the, the nuts and bolts of what you just said because you're a crafty and creative kind of thinker. And then all of a sudden you throw some power and gas behind it. That's a game changer, isn't it? A total game changer. Uh, I think that's a great word for it, too, <clears throat> because like I said, it was, okay, I'm, I mean, I made my all-star teams, but I wasn't the best on our team by any means. And then once I grew uh, and that velocity came, well, now I can, I understood how to pitch. Now I can start blowing guys away with different things. And it just, like you said, uh, changed the game for me and changed the way everybody viewed me. All of a sudden, scouts start showing up at my games and you know, that whole dream of possibly going professional became very real and, you know, right there on the surface where I could see it. Oh, my gosh. And then getting drafted out of high school, that's got to be a thrill. And talk us through that. Take us through that decision. But, you know, because you could go to damn near any college you want to. Everybody's going to want you to play for them. But it's almost like you could just skip a step or something. So the, the college process or that, let's just say your junior year where you sign your letter of intent in high school, <laughs> excuse me, um, what an amazing time. You're getting letters from colleges saying that they want you, they're going to offer you a uh, scholarship. I remember the first letter I ever got was from Stetson University, and I was just out of my mind. You know, your name's on the envelope, and the, the letterhead from the college is on the top of the letter. Uh, and then after that, it just started to pour in. And being a, a South Florida kid, uh, and having really good programs as far as Florida State, uh, UF, the Florida Gators, and then the Miami Hurricanes, I looked at it like, you know, I was a hometown kid anyway. Um, you know, I don't have to leave Florida. In my And in my heart, I grew up a Braves fan, and I grew up a Seminole fan, and I really wanted to go to FSU. I wanted to go there and do the tomahawk chop and um, live that dream, and it became real. I started, you know, getting scouted by them, letters from them, talking to them, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> right towards the end, um, you know, right before the draft came, you know, they were like, they came in and said, look, um, you know, your stock has risen so much. We just don't think you're going to be able to turn down what the professional teams will offer you out of the draft. So we're going to pull out because in baseball, even if, uh, if you sign a letter of intent with that program and then you end up signing pro, they lose a partial of that, of that scholarship that they offer you. So they didn't want to take that chance, which I understood, but I was heartbroken at the same time. Um, and then I chose to go to Miami, which um, technically would have been closer to where I live, but still a great program. And at the time, um, they were really good. And so, you know, I knew I would have had a chance to win some national championships. Pat Burrell was there at the time. Um, so it was kind of like just I look, really looked at it as like a no-lose situation. Um, my mom really wanted me to go to college because, you know, nobody in our family had, had graduated college. Um, and I just looked at it like, you know what, I'm ready to go to college. I think it'll be a really fun time if I get drafted and that works too. Hey, fine. Um, but it really, it just, I just, both of them were no-lose situations to me. I, I just wanted to play baseball and it really didn't matter which way I went. And so the Cardinals, I mean, did you have a favorite or, or, or I, obviously you said the Braves, but, um, and how could you not love the Braves with what they were doing with that pitching staff? And they were just, they were perennial. Well, th- th- by the time you're looking at, it, they were winning a lot, but they had just come from a really slow period of time. I think before that. Yeah. I wanted to be a brave. Um, there was no question about it. I want to go to Atlanta Braves. I grew up watching the Atlanta Braves. You know, I want to pitch with, you know, play for Bobby Cox. Um, and to be quite honest, um, I had no idea who the Cardinals were because, you know, TBS in South Florida, that was Brave Station. That's who we watched. And, um, you know, the draft comes and all of a sudden, you know, I get a call from my agent, Scott Boris, who says, hey, the St. Louis Cardinals dropped you. And I remember saying to him, like, who's the St. Louis Cardinals? Why <laughs> wasn't it the Braves? And, you know, he laughed and he said, listen, this is a really good organization. This is a great thing. Trust me. Uh, it's going to be a great fit for you. Um, and I knew nothing about it. And obviously he was right. Um, you know, sometimes things work out for reasons. And, uh, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals, the organization, the fans, the town, they've been so good to me over the years. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Oh, my gosh. And so you signed and you just kind of blew through the minors. I mean, the Carolina and the Midwest League, um, all-star starting pitcher. I mean, uh, you got all the all the minor league accolades you could possibly get and then it's the big leagues right 
then it was the big leagues. It was a meteoric rise, and I felt like I just kept getting better. <clears throat> something happened between uh, my first year and the second year. Um, not something I could really pinpoint, but just all of a sudden my control got better. Uh, the fastball low and away, I, I just – it became where I could throw that routinely. If I needed a strike, it was just a really good pitch for me. Um, and I had a good fastball with movement anyway. So, you know, as a starting pitcher, you always want to have, really as any pitcher, you want to have a pitch that you can go to when you need a strike in any count. And it was a quality strike, not just a strike. Um, so when I went in for that double a year, that happened, and I started throwing the ball to the inside corner a lot better, and everything just started to you know, move in a, in a better direction. Um, I went from double A to triple A that second year and then, and then to the big leagues. And all of a sudden you're in a locker room with guys that you grew up watching. I mean, Mark McGuire had just broken the home run record the year before. So all of a sudden, you know, this guy's my teammate. I'm looking around at all these names in the locker room and you got Jim Edmonds and Mark McGuire and all these names of, of superstars and you're a part of it. Um, it's an unbelievable feeling to, to get dressed in that locker room and you're looking at these guys that you've watched forever, and now all of a sudden you're on the same team. It's an incredible feeling. I can remember, but my very first um, session on the driving range, you know, just walking by Tom Watson, I'm like, there's Tom Watson. You know, I'm like, what the hell am I doing out here? You know, you have all these wild thoughts run through your mind, and then you start swinging the club, and it, they kind of go away. But one of, the, one of my most favorite people in the world was, is Mike Matheny. And he was your catcher. Did you have an instant connection with him, or how did you guys? Because I know you guys are, are are pretty close, and I know you think think a lot of him. Yeah, no. Listen, Mike. Well, first of all, he's the ultimate professional, and he's an absolute animal. <clears throat> and there's nobody that's going to outwork Mike Matheny. Certainly, um, in our you know in my playing days and watching how he went about the routine of getting ready and even when it came to blocking balls, I mean, you're throwing a bullpen and he's treating it like it's the seventh game of the world series, blocking balls, framing stuff, doing this, uh, never took a pitch off. And that was what was always amazing to me. Um, and obviously I think anybody who knows Mike, we know, you know how solid of a guy he is. He's just that guy, yeah, right? He's he the salt of the earth. You could trust him with anything. It just doesn't matter. So um, for me to have him back there and, you know, my rookie season, he had an unbelievable you know, unbelievable season defensively, you know, cause I would throw some zoom balls here and there um, and I would cut a fastball on accident, but he could catch it, frame it no matter what, um, you know, definitely a mentor of mine. And, and when you talk about having a solid rock in your corner, especially as a rookie, um, I couldn't have asked for anybody better back there behind the plate. Okay. That'll wrap up the front nine, but don't go anywhere. John and I'll be back and we'll bring you the second half of our interview with Rick and Keel. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. If you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. Professional golf returns to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club, September 6th through the 12th. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, and pro-am foursomes are on sale now. All proceeds go to North St. Louis County Charities. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com or call 314-938-2828. PGA Tour Golf is back in the loo. The Ascension Charity Classic. I am with my buddy Joe Sheezer from USA Mortgage. Hi, Jay. How are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. Ah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year, and we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company, so over a 1,000 families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a, a local company, please call USA Mortgage 
800-227-2015, and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available, and give you an opportunity to support a local company. That's awesome, Joe. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you. I'm sitting down with Mike Cummings on my PGA, my Gateway PGA Spotlight. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Jay. How are you doing, sir? Doing just great. Mike, please tell us what's going on at Eldon Country Club and down in Eldon, Missouri. You've got a lot of fun stuff I want our listeners to know about. Yeah, we, you know, we're uh, we're right at the um, the the gateway to Lake of the Ozarks, so. Uh, we do have a lot of traffic that comes through here from uh, the, the St. Louis market and Kansas City market and, and you know, Iowa, Nebraska, those areas. Um, but we're real passionate at, this, at, at our club here uh, about our juniors and our veterans. So um, we've got a really, really strong junior program, um, you know, and one of the highlights of that junior program is our PGA Junior League each and every year. Um, and then, of course, I'm a – I'm a combat vet myself years and years ago. So um, being involved with PGA Hope hits really close to my, to my, um, my heart um, and trying to get veterans uh, involved in the game of golf. So a couple of those programs we're real passionate about here at my facility. And um, we try to do everything we can to um, cultivate those relationships with the kids and, and with our veterans as well. Well, Mike, thank you so much for your service, but it's working. Your numbers are big down there, and the, the vets are out playing golf. I mean, what a great way to say thank you for these men and women that have sacrificed so much. Yeah, you know, one of the, the cool things we do, we, we started it, I think this might be my fifth or sixth year um, of doing it. We, we host a, a tournament every year, and we call it our Cards for Vets tournament. Um, and we generally host it on Armed Forces Day every year, which is always that, uh, uh, that second Saturday um, or third Saturday in May. Um, and proceeds from that tournament, we, we've been able to buy two of the solo rider golf carts, which are the handicap accessible golf carts for um, our veterans to use on our facility, at our facility and other facilities throughout mid-Missouri. Um, they're a really neat piece of equipment to have. So you can have a, um, uh, an individual that potentially may be a, a double amputee at the legs, and we could put them in this cart and, and strap them in through seatbelt harnesses and things of that nature and allows them to play the game of golf. Um, they can drive this golf cart on the greens. It's got a compaction rate of 185-pound person. Um, they can drive it into the bunkers. Um, and allows an individual to play the game of golf that, that you know, may, may be a double amputee. And we also have other individuals. I mean, one of the, the cool things about it is I've got um, some, some seasoned members at my facility, one of them being a Korean War vet. He's 94. He plays twice a week, and he utilizes his cart. And, you know, he thinks, thanks me every day and thanks God every day that, that he's still able to play the game of golf at 94 years of age by using one of these golf carts that we were able to raise some money for him to use at our facility. So that's, that's a pretty cool thing to, to be able to do and to be able to have as well. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, The Ultimate Virtual Golfing Experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. I want to tell you about Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. My friend Colin Burnt runs the store over there, and he helped me buy a used Volkswagen for my daughter, Joe when she turned 16. We've had the car for over a year. It's running great. It's nice and safe, and we've taken it there to get it serviced just recently. Pearly, that does the show with me, just bought a nice Toyota truck from Collins. So I want you to know that if there's any sort of vehicle you need, anything at all, you can get it at the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. You can call them at 314 314- 966-0303 or visit them at DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. 
The Back Nine is brought to you by Fogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Perley. with me, and we're headed to the Back Nine that's brought to you by the Fogelbach Agency with Farmers. 314-398-0101. Ed Fogelbach and his family run this agency, and they are nice people to deal with. If you have any sort of insurance product, any sort of need, call them today. They will help you out. Let's get right back to the conclusion of our interview with Rick Ankeel. And Keel out to deep right field. Has a chance to leave the ballpark. It's gone! A three-run shot for Rick Ankeel back in the major leagues. Remarkable. Five to nothing St. Louis. Remarkable. Rick Ankeel is brought to you by Golden Tee. You've written a book. It's called The Phenomenon. And pressure and mm-hmm. the yips, the pitch that changed my life. Can we just talk about that pitch and I and about that whole situation? It's the uh, two, uh, <clears throat> 2000 NLDS game one, and you're starting as a 20-year-old rookie. Yeah, uh, what an amazing moment, right? Um, you know, I had a good rookie year, and then that last month really turned it up. And one pitcher of the month uh, was feeling the flow, felt like this was my time to shine. This is my time to come out and show everybody, you know, who I am and, and, you know, what the future is going to look like. Uh, not only that, but we're playing against the Atlanta Braves, my childhood heroes. I'm pitching against Mike, you know, um, Greg Maddox, my childhood hero. Right. So all these things lining up. Um, I remember before the game, ironically, I'm in the clubhouse with my bat and all I can think about is I want to hit a home run off, off Greg Maddox so bad. <laughs> I wasn't even worried about pitching because everything was going so well. It was like, it doesn't matter. That's going to be fine. All I need to do is hit a home run and I'll be a legend forever. So um, that's really where my mind was. And then we get into the game and, um, you know, Mike Messini got hurt with the hunting knife, so he wasn't there. We had, um, you know, another catcher there who just wasn't familiar with catching me. And I threw a fastball in, and as I mentioned earlier, sometimes it, you know I'd get around it, trying to throw it a little bit too hard or whatever, and it would cut on accident. Well, we're talking about a ball at 95 miles an hour that's cutting, you know, five or six inches, and you don't know it's coming, and sometimes that can be hard to catch. So <laughs> I let this, I let this fastball go, and it cuts, and he misses it, and it wasn't even really a bad pitch. It just, he just didn't catch it. But for you know, I remember thinking man, I just threw a wild pitch on like national TV, which terrible thoughts, but that's what went through my mind. Yeah. <clears throat> and it wasn't even about a pitch. So all of a sudden I spike a curveball, things start speeding up. Um, I launch a couple balls off the back, back screen and, you know, I'm standing there looking at this going, okay, wait a second, what's going on? So you start, I start trying to use all the mechanical keys that have always gotten me back on track, whether it was, you know, stay over my back leg, keep my front shoulder in, the things that I would use and nothing was working uh, and it just kept getting worse. And before I know it, um, you know, I walked, walked the entire team and it felt like, and I was out of the game and all of a sudden I'm staring at a game where, you know, we were up four or five runs or whatever it was against Greg Maddox, which is unheard of in game one. All I needed to do was go out there and pitch a okay game and we win the game. And all of a sudden I'm letting the Braves back in and I can't throw a strike and I'm out of the game. Um, just a surreal moment. And I think, you know, at the time with the meteoric rise and the way things were going for me, all the media attention, just everything that was there. And all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from under you and it's gone and you don't know why. Um, you know, I just, I was too young to even understand the, the magnitude of the moment and it, honestly exactly what was happening. But it's, it's, it's interesting because you said your mind starts speeding up and because I've had the yips when I played golf before. And that's exactly what happens. All of a sudden, you go from this kind of calmish spot to there's so much running through your mind, you don't even know what it is anymore. You know, the thing, too, that first game, I didn't even know what yips, the yips, I don't even know what the word meant. Uh, I didn't even know what anxiety was at that point. And um, so during, this is 2000, so during that game, honestly, I, I didn't know what was going on. Then I go into the next game against them. We end up beating the Braves. We go on to the next series against the Mets. I talk my way into pitching again because I threw a bullpen in between that. And I was lights out. Um, Tony calls me in his office. Hey, I don't really think you should start. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, this is my time. You see my bullpen. That's behind me. I don't know what it is, but I'm ready to go. So he's like, you know, long story short, okay, here you go. <laughs> well, I go out. 
you know, I started throwing wild pitches again. It just happens again. And I still didn't understand what was going on. I remember telling the media and everyone, like, it's just a mechanical flaw. I'll fix it. It doesn't matter. And that was really just the naiveness of being a 20-year-old and not, you know, not understanding. I had never been through anything that I couldn't overcome or beat. And I always just thought, I know my body and my mechanics so well that I'll overcome this with pure mechanics because I know what it is. I'll, I'll like replicate that to an exact science to where every time I release the ball, it'll go exactly where I want. Like it always has. Um, and that just didn't work. And, and I would say not until, you know, going through that off season and then coming around to 2001 into spring training is when I really started to understand, you know, this wasn't a one-time event, a uh, one-time thing, and this was something I was going to have to really buckle down and, you know, figure out um, to be even close to who I was before it happened. Rick, did this stuff – so when I've had this, and, and I've had some close friends talk about this before, and I really appreciate you sharing because, man, athletes run from this like it's – oh, man – it's the kryptonite. Because um, it it's the plague. It is, the, it is kryptonite. <laughs> but because you don't, nobody wants to come and help you because they feel like if they touch you, they might get it. I mean, it's so freaky, isn't it? It is, but I, you know, it is and in a way. But think, I mean, for me, when I look at it, I understand that, look, everybody's fragile. Most, most for people's psyches are fragile and, and athletic careers are built on confidence and when your confidence gets shattered and maybe you don't necessarily know how to handle it, um, it can become the end of your career, which for me, it was pretty much the end of my pitching career. Obviously I came, I made it back again, but I was never that same cocky, confident Ken that I was before it happened. Um, and you know, especially we're going back to 2000, 2001. Now that was, this was just an untalked about thing. And this is a time when men didn't go to psychologists and you know, you didn't ask for mental help and nobody really, you know, put too much time and effort on that side or didn't want to admit it if they did um, a taboo type thing where I think now too, like, you know, it's much easier in a sense for guys to try to hide it and pretend that they don't have it or they're not dealing with any kind of insecurities than it is to admit it, where it's obviously now going through it. And I'll ask you in a second, but after being through it, going through it, like I know it now helps me to talk about it then not talk about it because it's a lot easier for me to say, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I don't like throwing from 60 feet, six inches, but I'll do it. Or yeah, I don't like to, but I'm going to do it versus you try to hide it. Everybody can see it anyway. Um, so to me, I think it, 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 if, if you are dealing with it or going through it, it's easier to talk about it and get it out there than it is to try to hide it. Because for me, when you hide it, it just boils up, grows bigger and it becomes something, you know, a big dragon you don't want to deal with. How about you? What do you oh, think? Oh, my gosh. A hundred percent. But I was on the PGA Tour for four years before I realized I was like the only guy out there that didn't have a sports psych. But nobody talked about it. You know, the golfers, you know, it's not a team and you don't have a whole lot of people really pulling for you. So there's not a lot of information, at least back then, that was shared. And so once I started realizing that I wasn't like completely crazy, I started feeling better about this uh, uh, about it but it was not an easy thing to try to you know even figure out how to get help from well no doubt about it and um you know now that it's well we're, we're in 2021 you know i think people have really dug into this and tried to figure out how to get guys through it and you know a lot more things have come out on your fight or flight system and emotional responses and some things that you can um, there are some things out there I think that you can help guys with to, to help them understand that you know when you start going through this or that anxiety comes the fight or flight uh, that that's a that your body is just preparing for for what it thinks is going to be you know a war moment or a, a, a battle type moment and um, I, I think you can help guys by helping them understand that one, they're not alone Two, that. This is your body's natural response to it, it's feeling stressed and feels like it's getting put into a danger moment. So it's, you're not, you know, don't feel like you're all of a sudden crazy now because this is happening. That's just your body's response because it's preparing for a battle. Yeah. Um, and there's more to it than that, but you know, it's, it's, it is crazy. There's no question about it. For golf, uh, most of the time the putting stuff gets, um, comes in because we're trying to control the ball too much. And we're also not aiming where you think you're aiming. So when you're loose and you're young and you don't think about much, you know, you aim a little left and you push it a little, you aim a little right and you hook it a little, who cares? 
But when you start playing professionally and you spend all this time, uh, you know, on, on certain things, just like you said, I can throw this ball right where I want to. I know when to release this thing, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden you realize, holy smokes, all these old keys don't work anymore. I was completely lost, Rick. I was like, I don't know if I can even hold on to my putter. That's how bad I felt. <laughs> I thought, I'm laughing not, with not you, we, not at you, trust me. No, no, I it's I, all I, good. Look, I was looking down and couldn't feel the ball, and then all of a sudden my wrist action wouldn't work. You go to throw, for me anyway, you, you know, I'd go to throw the baseball, and it's like you, you have a miniature Caesar and you black out through the release point, and all of a sudden you open your eyes and like, okay, where'd the ball go? Did I bounce it or did I throw it like really high left? <laughs> um, it's, it's an amazing thing, and that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, as a young, when we're young, we just do things without thinking. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're never taught tools in how to deal with maybe adversity or anxiety and all these things. And then, and then, and then something happens where you have, where, you know, you have to think about it and you don't have anything to go back and rely on. And then you start to overanalyze your confidence gets shattered. And then you start trying everything under the moon. Well, maybe I used to put with my weight on my left foot or my weight on my back foot or my hand this way or that way. And you start looking at video and you almost create more problems than what was there before because the reality is either you make the putty or you don't but what happens is we start judging ourselves and going oh my god i missed it by eight feet or i missed it six inches to the right the reality is either you made it or you didn't you know what i mean you commit to a putt you make it or you don't but easier said than done right and then you know that's what happens you start being debilitated by your thoughts instead of letting them help you it isn't amazing when we're young how there are no thoughts i mean basically I, I can remember just going through a round of golf going, I, I've got, you know, I'm going to, every time I got my driver, I, I swung as hard as I could. And then everything else, I just, I, all I tried to do was hit the ball. I mean, I was literally aiming at a flag and, you know, and, and just swinging the club. That's it. Well, and so in baseball, yeah, and in baseball, it's the same way. And as many golfers I've talked to, it's, it's typically the same. It's all in the finesse stuff. The putts and the chips is where it gets it gets sticky because you have to, can you know, you got to control it versus if you're swinging your driver and you're just letting it rip. Or if I'm doing something in baseball and I'm letting it, you know, I'm letting it, I'm throwing it at a hundred feet and I'm letting it eat. That's fine. You get into the infielders or the catchers throwing it back to the pitcher and they have to lob it. They don't want to look at it. All the finesse stuff is where it gets in trouble because you know, what happens is we start slowing down through the contact point or through the release point and you're not being aggressive, you know, when you're young and it's, you know, it, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's mind boggling in one sense, right? Because most of the time these athletes, whatever sport it is, it's something they've done since they were three years old. And whether it's throwing or hitting, you've always been able to do it left-handed, right-handed, it's standing on one foot, one toe sideways, right? If somebody could ask you to hit a cut, you do it. No problem. Somebody asks you to do this, you do it. No problem. And all of a sudden you go through this and you don't remember you don't need, like you said, you don't even remember how to pick up the club. We get lost in all this jumbled thoughts and overanalyzation and trying so many things that you forget what the basic, you know, what your basic tools were. Rick, you know, it's interesting. My, my dad played major league baseball and I come from a sports loving family and the you baseball players typically are really superstitious. At least my dad fit right into that. And so I was given these superstitions and I was like, wait a second, did I mark that ball with my head, with the head up or, or tails up? Or I, I wound up having to give up all that stuff because I couldn't keep track of it. It was so crazy. <laughs> it was like, wait a second, it had nothing to do with anything. Understood. I've done the same thing. Um, hey, it is what it is, right? We all want something to, to make it, you know take the credit or, or put the blame on. And I'm with you. I know when I went <clears throat> when I was going through the throwing stuff, I became, I started overanalyzing everything, even though I knew it sounded crazy and it wasn't, you know, all I wanted to do was be the pitcher I was before this happens. And I remember I'd brush my teeth and it's like, well, maybe I brushed my teeth this way or that way. Or maybe I opened the card. You know, you start, I just started overanalyzing everything because I didn't know what to do or where to go. All I wanted to do was be the guy I was before. So that's the, that's the merry-go-round in a 24-7, um, uh, where it takes you and how, you know, how it can literally destroy you mentally on and off the field, because you can't just, you know, you hear over and over to leave what you do, 
you know, at the golf course or at the field, leave it there. You go home and you live a different life. It's not who you are. It's just what you do. But when you go through something like that, you can't help but take it with you. And, you know, even though you're trying to forget, you're driving down the street, I see kids playing catch. I might stop and watch them and try to throw like they're throwing. I watch a big league game on TV and I'm like, well, let me try those mechanics. Maybe that'll work. Um, And that's the thing. You try so many things, you just end up getting way more lost and way, you know, you go way down the rabbit hole. It's, It's a tough thing to deal with. Yeah, you forget who you were as that athlete, you know, because you have these unique qualities. And I, I, oh my gosh, it's so interesting. All right, so let's talk about the return, though. This was one of the most impressive things ever. So you decided, you had Tommy John, you had a, a bunch of various things, but you decided you're going to go back into the Cardinal system as an outfielder. What, who, who can do that? Um, well, luckily... <laughs> I mean, you, you did it. Um, You know what? I was so, um, you know, I finally got to the point where I was like, you know, the the pitching thing, I guess it's just not going to work. It's, it's starting to change, you know, who I am and my relationships with, with everyone around me. Um, And I tried to look at it like, what's this look like in five years or eight years? And this is what it takes for me to, to go to the field and and try to be successful, compete against guys. It's not worth it. It's taken a toll on, on my health. Um, and so at that moment, all of a sudden, you know, I'm done, I'm done with baseball. The day I walked into Tony's office and said, Hey, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Um, to the same day, by the end of the day, I end up, you know, agreeing to come back as an outfielder. It was a whirlwind of a day, but you know, at the end of it, you know, keeping this short and sweet, I looked at it like, you know what? I got nothing to lose out of all the stuff I just went through with this throwing thing. Um, why not give it a chance to hit? I always felt like I could hit. I think the biggest, you know, I had power. The biggest thing I was looking at was, will I be able to hit, you know, for enough average and hit every day, especially when pitchers start trying to attack me as a hitter uh, with all their repertoire versus just, you know, trying to pitch me as a pitcher. So um, that was my biggest question. But once again, I looked at it like, you know, what do I have to lose? I might as well give this thing a shot. Okay. So how does this sound? There are two people in the history of Major League Baseball. One of them is you, and the other is a guy named Babe Ruth that have won 10 games and hit over 70 home runs. That won 10 games as, as, as a pitcher and hit over 70 home runs and also to start a postseason game as a pitcher and also hit a home run as a position player in the postseason. Really? It sounds like you can keep saying that and I'll never get tired of hearing it. Man, Anytime you're in the same sense with Babe Ruth, it feels amazing. Oh my gosh, Rick! I can remember. I think the first home run you hit in Bush Stadium, and I think Tony LaRusso almost had a heart attack. I can remember them showing Tony, and I know Tony, and he's such a good guy, and he thinks the world of you. And I can remember the the grand slam that you hit. I think it was against a left hander um, uh, for the Reds or something. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but I was so impressed. But here's what I want to circle this back to, bud. The two throws that you made in center field, and I think they were both in Colorado, weren't they? you got to know what throws I'm talking about. To third? Yeah, they definitely were. I mean. Um, just, just an amazing, just an amazing, amazing moment, amazing game. And, you know, it, it's funny because. I every I always played everything humble and cool, and you know I made the first throw and I throw out Willie Tavares, who's one of the fastest runners in the game at the time, um, and it it was an unbelievable throw. There's no question about it. So I make that throw, and now we move on to the game. You know, move through the game, and you know there's nobody on, and Quintanilla hits the ball into the left center field gap, and I start hauling butt over there, and I'm. You know, I'm a zillion feet away at the fence, but like I said, there was nobody on, so I got nobody, nothing to lose. I can let this thing, I can let the ball eat. I can try to throw them out. As soon as I let the ball go, it came out so clean that I knew I had a chance. And it's a funny thing as a player. You never know when your greatest moment, your greatest play, or your greatest game is going to happen. But um, Troy Gloss deeks the runner. The throw ends up being there on time. Troy Gloss deeks the runner, and he tags him. Umpire calls him out immediately. Looking back, I wish I would have, like, shot air guns or a fake laser or bow and arrow, I don't know, (laughs) something, only because in that moment, you know, it happens fast, but in that moment I knew I'll never have a game again 
where I throw two guys out like that. It'll just never happen. Like the opportunities don't come like that. And the fact that it was, you know, I threw it as, as far and as hard as I could and it was on target. Um, it's just funny how, how many, and I'm sure you can attest to this, how many like thoughts actually go through your mind, like really, really fast, even though they're short moments. Um, and I knew right then, like, this is never going to happen again. This is the greatest game I'm ever going to have. I hit a home run that game too. So it was like, this is, this is the pinnacle of games. I can never have a game with, with this many moments in it. Um, but anyway, yeah, what, what a fun game. Oh my gosh, Rick, I was taught you watch, you, you want to know when a good play happens on the field, watch the other players reactions. So with the first the the first runner you threw out at third Tavares, the um, Gloss did a the, Gloss did a great job on both of them. But the throws were perfect. Hell, he didn't even. I mean, he looked like he was a statue, right? And so the runners were letting up a little, maybe, but they were perfect throws. But how about our bench? The guys on the bench were erupting when this was happening. You could see everybody just anticipate, watch this throw with their mouths open, and then you did it the second one from. From in the in the middle of the was that a Coors Field? Yes. yes. Yeah. So that was a huge ballpark, right? Even though the ball flies a lot, it just seemed like you threw it from. It would be like throwing it from downtown St. Louis out to Chesterfield or something. It was. It, it seemed like it stayed in the air forever. And to watch the reaction of, the, of your your fellow players, that's what when I knew I'm like, this is never going to happen again. I'm with you. Um, and my favorite part is when I'm watching Chris Duncan and his reaction. Um, we were, we're, we were really good friends. And uh, every time I get a chance to watch that highlight and I see his bright smile and his reaction, it just gives me the ultimate thrill. It's, it's a great thing. All right, Pearl, that wraps up the interview. One of my favorites. I just love his honesty. I know it happened a while ago, but some of that stuff, some of those balls he was throwing was so embarrassing. And, you know, I've embarrassed myself horribly with a golf club in my hand, and I just love how he how he just confronts it head on and says how much it helped him by doing so. Yeah, and but old baseball, old timers, the past, confronting things wasn't really what it was about. It was absolutely about sucking it up, don't talk about it, pretend it didn't happen, don't acknowledge it. And I think we find that there's a lot of reasons not not to do that kind of stuff. I think it's very cool that he, he kind of led the way with that. And it is, he says, that's what gave him the opportunity to uh, to do something else. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, we got, let's wrap this uh, back nine up, and then we'll uh, break down the rest of this interview on the Michelob Ultra. Because I'm on a roll, let's keep going. Yeah, let's cut Pearly's mic. Meet. All right, we'll be right back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Bill DeWitt the Third, President of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh, sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> Golf with Jay Delsing. Oh, yeah, let me start it. <laughs> hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros use on the PGA Tour. That's right. SSM Health Physical Therapy has Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screen on you as well as putting you on the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Trust me, I've been on it. It is really cool. Proper posture and alignment can help you keep it right down the middle. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Are you looking for a great career? Do you like meeting nice people, working with your hands, and fixing things inside the home? Marcon Appliance Parts Company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service. Major appliance service technicians are in very high demand. Major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money. They work local, in their own communities, and are home every night. It is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In St. Louis or St. Charles County, contact Brian Probst at AAA Home Services. The phone number is 636-299-3871. Marcona Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I know you've heard me talk about Whitmore Country Club. I want to thank them for supporting the show again for the third year and tell you things are going great for them. There's 90 holes of golf when you join at the Whit- at Whitmore Country Club. The membership provides you access to the 
Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. Cart fees are included. There's no food or beverage minimums and no assessments. 24-hour fitness center is fantastic. There's two large pool complexes uh, and three tennis courts. Stop in the golf shop. you got to see my buddy Bummer. He is an absolute great guy that would love to help you with your game and love to show you around um, the uh, facility. He and his staff uh, run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events. There's live music. There's uh, uh, great dining opportunities out there, outside, inside. Anything you and your family need golf-wise, fun-wise, visit WhitmoreGolf.com or call them at 636 636- 926-9622. Don't miss the hottest rookie class in PGA Tour Champions history. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club September 6th through the 12th. Join legends Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, and Hale Irwin to celebrate the PGA Tour Champions' newest event. Professional golf returning to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, pro-am foursomes on sale now. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. Let your local farmer's insurance agent, Ed Fogelbach, put his experience to work for you. Ed Fogelbach proudly serves St. Louis area families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies or provide a no-obligation quote today. Call the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Welcome back. Golf with Jay Delsing here. The 19th hole, our favorite. Brought to you by our friends at Michelob Ultra. Grab one, Pro. Let's go. I'm, I got one already grabbed. I'm going. All right, let's go. What do you got? What the Rick Ankiel stuff? Did well, you... I mean, the most obvious to me is is and we can relate to it. You talked about how you can relate to it, but it's just kind of losing the game. So I had a question for you to to throw it out there. I know we just have a couple minutes left here, but what's what's a time you lost it, like for a round or a week, and when's a a, a time frame you lost it? So the first one, when's the time the fir- you just you okay, just found first... yourself completely. I can't get it around the, the first the time course. I ever I, I, I remember that we were having the state amateur at Norwood Hills and I was at UCLA and I had a um, somebody give my parents money so I could fly back to qualify because I couldn't get an exemption into the tournament. And I got out practicing the day before, and I shanked everything. Mm. And I've never shanked anyone before. And I had no and all of a sudden I was like Oh my gosh! The only shot I could play was this big wacky looking hook. Every time I tried to cut a ball, I shanked it, and I got out there and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, how, my, was, that, how was that night sleep the night before? It was. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> it really <laughs> That's wasn't. A major difference between you and I. I wouldn't have slept a week, right. and you just went to bed. So I got out there in a the qualifier, and I aimed right, and I wound up shooting like seventy three or four, mm. and then. Somehow I worked my way out of it, and I don't remember, but I, I do remember the the feeling of sheer panic. Yeah, and and um, I, it was almost pro that I was young enough, and I, I didn't have these massively high expectations yet. I mean, I, I think it was like early in college, I okay. hadn't been an All American yet, and I was still finding my way. I don't think I had changed the length of my clubs. Remember what a big deal yes. that was for me yes. and stuff. So, uh, but but I can remember this when I had the yips. It went with me everywhere. It went with me out to dinner. It went with me. All I could think about was, I got the yips. I got the yips. I can't. I can't put the ball straight. That's all I could think about all day long. It's so hard to watch somebody with their yips. We can do that when we're just playing with friends. But sometimes you'll watch senior tour in particular. Tom Kite comes to mind. Oh yeah. And it's like, literally, is he going to hit it? I remember when Johnny Miller. I think he had the yips. He still wanted pebble that time. And he was just absolutely like throwing the heel at it. I finished so, fifth that week. I was I should have won that event. But that's a whole that's an entirely it's different another show. whole yip we could talk about yeah, another time. Speaking of yips. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's yeah. tough. It's tough to get through those times and uh it, it runs through your game and as you just said, <laughs> it runs through your life, which which really makes it hard. And that's what Rick said. He goes that's why he gave up the pitching aspect because he said it was destroying 
Uh, it was hurting relationships, and, yeah. and he had, you know, I loved what he said. He goes, I'm pitching against my my hero, Greg Maddox, and all I can think about before the game is I need to bat in my hand. I need to bat in my hand because I'm going to hit a home run off him, and I'm going to be a legend. He goes, the pitching part, that was easy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Amazing the tricks our mind can do both to our benefit and to yeah. our demise. Yeah. Pearl, that's going to wrap up another show. One more in the books. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for doing this with me. Meet. thanks for taking care of us. Hit him straight, St. Louis. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.